Welcome to the Building Doctor Show with Jens Johansson. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Building Doctor Show. I am your host, Jens Johansson. Glad to see you here to learn more about your buildings. This show is about sharing information and resources for you to keep your buildings in good condition and therefore maximum value and keep your community happy and not fighting with one another. Everyone knows your home can get emotional and we want to help you navigate that. So this month we have eight fantastic questions submitted throughout the month with photographs. So on the topics of building damage, maintenance, inspection, and construction defect. Next month, be sure to attend our conversation with a reserve study specialist as we dig into how reserve studies are really important and how they can help you. And they're not just a boring document that you think you have to have. They're actually something really important. And you've heard from past guests that they are really important. So we wanted to have a reserve study specialist on next month. But for today's show, you get me. It's great to be back with you one-on-one, -on -one, and we don't, don't have to be bouncing back between guests. Guests are fun, but, you know, hey, it's nice to have just one-on-one -on -one time. So today's show is sponsored by J2 Building Consultants. We're a fantastic group of architects and engineers and project managers that help diagnose, prescribe, and treat uh, sick buildings. So we, just like a doctor, we diagnose the problem, we prescribe the right plan, and we help you. Uh, treat the problem by overseeing the contractors and make sure making sure they put it back together correctly. You can find J2 in Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Salt Lake City, Utah, and the surrounding states, and find them on the web at j2consults.com. And thanks for being with us Thursday instead of Tuesday, because I was in a surrounding state. I was in Idaho on Tuesday, talk about a beautiful place, uh, booming as well, plenty of things going on in Idaho really neat. So anyway, poll. It's time for poll time. And where is our poll? Dun, 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 dun. Okay, maybe it's not. Oh, there it is. There's our poll time. So we're going to launch the poll. What the poll does for us <clears throat> is it helps us find out who's in our audience today and helps us tailor those questions and answers for you. And also helps with that, uh, you know, understanding who you are in the audience uh, with respect to condominiums. Are you an owner? Are you a board member? Are you a uh, vendor contractor partner? Uh, all those things. So while you're filling it out and others are joining in, let's talk about the format. So today's format is... Uh, obviously webinar based, so you can attend live and ask your Q&A, but you can also submit your questions online all month and watch it later uh, and even forward this to your board and other owners for their benefits. Speaking of watching later, fantastic blue sky weather uh, in the Pacific Northwest today, so thank all of you for, for being here at 3.30 watching a show. Uh, <clears throat> I've said before, my audience is the best audience out there. So thanks for tuning in and listening, even while it's blue sky out there. Uh, the show also gives us about an hour. We try to keep it to an hour to respect your time, but it gives us an hour to get into things a little bit more in depth. We can look at pictures. We're going to look at a lot of pictures and videos today. So make your popcorn, get ready for that. But it, it gives us a little bit more time to talk about things. And uh, as, as opposed to our social media channel, Facebook, 
Instagram, TikTok, you know, YouTube, where we're kind of limited to uh, a certain amount of time. So let's talk about the poll. We've got, uh, let's see, a lot of people from Washington, Oregon, managers, board members, good spread, homeowner. I'm just curious. How'd you hear about this? That's good. The, uh, you know, our audience is growing. I think we're on episode five and uh, we've got 60 people registered. So you, you guys are, you guys are rocking it. This, this is good information getting out there. Uh, have you been through a repair project before? Yes, a big one, 45% of you. So uh, let's see, share the results. There you go. You can see those. Let's get into a little disclaimers. This show is free. So put away your credit card. We're not selling you anything. Uh, this show is also for educational content only. I am not giving any legal, financial, or engineering advice, and I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just a guy on the internet trying to help you run your building better. And we've helped thousands of people with their building problems, and we've seen what worked and what didn't work. So <clears throat> I want to share that with you in hopes that it benefits you. Please ask for my CV if you're curious uh, about my experience, et cetera. And Brooke, the producer, is in the background. She'll put that into the, into the chat, and she's already putting some things in there as well. Uh, how you ask your questions, you put them into the Q&A, and then we'll go through that at the end. Uh, like I said before, we have eight questions submitted this month on the topics of building damage, maintenance, inspections, construction defect. Uh, next month, tune in for the reserve study stuff and stick around for the live Q&A at the end of the show, as well as some raffle giveaways. We've got a really good raffle. It's, it's interesting. It's a package. You're going to like it. So use the Q&A tab, like I said, to enter your questions. And if you want to, you know, if you want to get on a one-on-one -on -one call with me, they're free. They're called consult calls. You'll see the link in the chat and you'll also see the link in the show. So let's get into it. Thanks for attending. Okay, moving the button. Boom. Today's agenda. We've got questions on stucco sealant. Does my stucco need to be sealed? I live in San Diego. That's fantastic. We're covering the West Coast here. So what product? We've got some products for you. Weep holes. This is window weep holes. And it goes on to say the previous owner never cleaned them. They're filthy and disgusting. Yep, we've got a video on that. We'll show you. I actually have have a good uh, window mock-up thing here that I can show you, and uh, we will take it from there. So window weep holes. Next one, deck drainage. We have a deck that the tenant is looking at getting replaced. That's interesting. Okay, we'll go through and talk about that. Home inspectors, what are home inspectors allowed to do? We can get into the difference between what a home inspection is and what a, you know, more of a construction consultant, visual only or invasive inspection is. And then <clears throat> failing siding. This, this person is, is sending pictures in about their trim is swelling, their siding is starting to flake off and the builder's not, not calling back. And so anyway. Next one, invasive inspections. We had an inspection scheduled and our contractor didn't invite our consultant. Sounds like a little bit of miscue there. We can talk about that process. Pressure washing. I pressure washed my siding. Uh-oh. Most of the manufacturer's instructions say don't put, don't pressure wash. Keep that pressure washer away from my product. 
So uh, how can we check and make sure I haven't damaged anything? Good, good question there. And construction defect. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's construction defect on my building. Uh, the roof has been giving us problems no matter how many times we repair it. That's an interesting one. So how long are you going to continue patching and repairing and throwing good money after bad? Uh, you probably do have an issue. It's time to, you know, talk about what does it, what does it take to get your board involved? Yeah, that's, that's a tough place to be. So we have photos and videos today, tons of them. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. So put your questions in the Q&A panel below and stick around for the giveaway. All right, getting into stucco sealant. So sealing, not sealant like caulk and stuff that comes out of a tube, but sealing my stucco. So the question goes like this, does new stucco need to be sealed? I'm getting mixed advice. Most say no, I'm in San Diego. If yes, what product? Thank you so much. So here's, here's an example of, of uh, what we're talking about here. You can see on the left side of this thing, it looks a, lot, looks a lot more green. You can still see a little bit of cracking, but on this right side of the slide, it's really spider cracked and really you know, lots of efflorescence and, and salt and things like that coming through the stucco. So let's back up for a second. So this person's asking, I've got a, uh, does new stucco need to be sealed? So stucco is comprised of sand and cement and then a, then a mesh or a, some type of thing to keep it stuck to the wall. So it's a slurry most of the time. Well, I shouldn't say that anymore. Used to be three quarters of an inch thick. So it was pretty thick, robust stuff. Now they've got eight inch, quarter inch, one coat stucco and, and some various systems. Not a super fan of those, but original three quarter inch stucco. It's really good stuff. The, the pyramids were actually skim coated in it. Uh, and so, you know, durable, but it's not waterproof. And so water will get into concrete. It'll, it'll soak in, it'll run through. That's why we put the weather resistive barrier behind it. And so when water comes in, it hits the Tyvek or building paper and comes back out. Um, <clears throat> so does it need to be sealed? Well, San Diego, I, I really doubt it. Um, but no, not, not particularly, unless we start looking like this picture. And so this, this uh, cracking and things like that. So this is an older building. We're talking about restoring or what can I do to extend the life of the stucco. And so then we've got a couple of different products there. We can go with, whoops. We can go with a paint. This is a paint on product, a good exterior uh, latex paint that, that breathes uh, and all the way up to, so think of a robustness spectrum, good quality paint that'll help you keep it clean, that'll change your colors. If you didn't like the gray, you can paint it blue, you can do whatever, change your colors, aesthetic. Also water runs off, it, dirt runs off, it. you can pressure wash it pretty easily. And then you go all the way over to the super robust 100% silicone coating, a couple of different brands. Look up the GE brands, Sil Shield or Optic is the clear, uh, not, not uh, sponsored by them. Uh, Sil Shield had comes in 77 colors, so you can play with all the colors. Optic is the clear, but it'll, it'll make it shiny. 
So think of armor alled seat or armor alled tire makes it shiny. Uh, I, I think it looks nice, but uh, some people, ooh, now my building is shiny like gloss, uh, but whatever. It's a great, great uh, waterproofing product. So do you have to seal it? No. Uh, in the restoration process, we can take care of some cracks and do some of that stuff. So let's watch this video. You can see this is how to, how to waterproof your stucco. Do it yourself inspection series episode eleven. This is coming out of our educational educational library. So kind of a kind of a before and after. This parapet had a lot of spider cracks and was coated with 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 a fairly simple coating, uh, one step above an exterior paint. If you look back, you can see what it used to look like. So this area, obviously, in this this elevation as well. The coating stopped at that corner. This is very faded, very cracked. Our cracks are very dark. They're starting to grow moss out of the crack, even back into this bottom of this piece. You can see the dripping coming off of the, coming off of the soffit all the way down to the bark. There's a lot of water running off of this face. This stucco probably needs to be restored by now, uh, but we'll, we'll do some moisture, moisture meter readings of it and see. The stucco coating that we're talking about, there's, there's a spectrum. You can start at the low end of the spectrum with an exterior grade latex paint and then kind of work your way all the way up to a real silicone based coating that they're expensive, but the key with the key with the stucco system is you want these coatings to breathe. If you seal it all up, uh, you'll just sweat your building to death. And so there's elastomerics, there's all sorts of different, different things in that spectrum. Um, 20 bucks a gallon to 350 bucks a gallon. So you decide, and it just also depends on how much weather it's getting. If this were on the coast, getting blasted with storms and salt water, I'd err on the, on the high side. You know, you can go low side and get three to five years. This has, this is a, a step above. It's gotten about 10 years out of, out of life, so that's good. There are some other coatings that, are, that, that do not have good permeability. And so they're sold as a watertight coating. So think of you're wrapping your building in a plastic bag. Uh, obviously the humidity inside uh, trying to breathe out will just sweat the building. We saw that pretty common in the 80s on stucco buildings. They'd sell a stucco waterproof coating and it just made the process worse. I'm gonna stop the video right there and I want you all to notice the dark brown hair that this young man in this video had as opposed to today. No, joking. But uh, we, talk, we talked a little bit about that. If you want to watch the rest of that video, you can go to our resource center and you'll find that. But the takeaway is, do you have to coat? No, unless, you start, unless you're in a high wind or high rain environment, or unless you're starting to repair your building, it's full of spider cracks and things like that. And you just want more robustness. So there's a couple of products there. All right, now that's okay. me again. There we go. Okay, question number two, weep holes. Our house was built in 2005 and our weep holes have some sort of felt material. Bonus plug, that's not felt material, it's junk. So is that common? Um, <clears throat> they don't have any felt in them, but 
it has to do with the cleaning of the window track. They're filthy and disgusting and mud clogged into them. So you, you're growing some kind of fibrous goo in your window track and we'll get into that. So how do we go about unclogging the window weeps? Last but not least, how do we contact the professional? What are they listed under in the yellow pages or Google search? So let's talk about that. A window weep, think of it as a drain. It is a drain for water to get out. So I've got a uh, handy dandy window cut. Here's the sliding portion of my window. And why I need a weep is the water will get into this track and need to get out. And in this particular product, it can get into this track and then it runs through to come out this weep hole. And so we wanna keep that clean and clean it out. So, I'll Wait a second for that, but we've got a video on that. So window weeps and trickle vents. I'm gonna jump around in the video. I'm not gonna watch the whole thing, but uh, Justin is gonna teach us how to take our windows. Maintain the exterior of your window or clean the outside of your window. There's a real simple way to open this guy up and remove that, the operable pane. So you wanna open it to the fully open position. And what you wanna do is grab both sides of the window and lift it up. And you can see the bottom of the window will now clear the bottom of the, the track on the sill. Once you're able to do that, the window comes right on out. You're able to clean the back side of the window. And if you can reach and you feel comfortable, you can clean this part portion of the window as well. So if you do have a screen on your window, and this does not because we're during a painting phase, but what you do is you'd grab your window and there's two tabs on the screen and you'd pull that screen to the side, push it out, and that would come out just, just as the window did. So we would remove the screen, turn it sideways, and pull it on into the interior, set it down, and then do your window maintenance. And putting it back is as simple as taking it out. You wanna make sure it's in its open position. And I'm sliding it up into the upper track here. Wanna be sure not to catch the curtains in there. Okay, now we're situated, lift it up. Set it down, and it's good to go. Perfect. I'm so, talking about forward to to maintain your weep holes, what you're going to want to do is first of all, you're going to want to locate them. This is your weep hole. This is going to drain any excess water from the interior or anything that gets into the sill. It's going to drain out through these holes. There's one located here on the left, and there's one located over here to the right. Now, what's inside the weep holes is just a small plastic damper. And what I've got here is just a paper clip that I've straightened out one of the arms on, regular basic paper clip. And so you wanna get in here and you wanna get up underneath your damper. And as you can see, there's a little bit of residual water in there and that's okay. But you wanna get in there and make sure that this paper clip is clear. And anything that is inside the track of the window, you wanna be able to get it out of there. So since this window is new, there's not a lot of debris but if you wanted to maintain your window, this is how you'd do it. And that's about it. That's how we maintain our window trims or our window, uh, window trickle vents. And so again, these videos are coming out of our resource center. But like I said, I have a live demo here. So what we're going to do, um, he's, Justin showed us how to pick at it from the exterior. I don't want to pick at it from the exterior. That's a pain. I have to get out on a ladder. So I'm going to take out the window like he did and lift it out. Here comes the window. 
then you're going to look into the bottom here and you're going to see this piece, this plastic track. All this is is a snap-in track. So I'm going to somehow grab onto the edge of it with a pair of pliers or a screwdriver and I'm going to go pop and take it out. That's all this is. So it's a cover. It's a beauty cap, if you will, that you can see how they sit up inside there and the, they stand on little legs. But you can see the trough that the water goes into and goes into that little weep hole in there. I don't know if I'm showing the video well or not, but now you'll see all this gunk. You'll see, you'll see lint, you'll see pine needles, you'll see just dirt, dust bunnies, et cetera, mixed with a little water. It might even be moldy in there. It's nasty. So then take a rag, clean that out, squirt, 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 Lysol, whatever, clean it up. While you're in there, you can actually see the welded frame of the window. So these vinyl windows are welded together. Metal windows are caulked or sealant. So if you have a metal window and you're pulling that open, check your corners. And if they're cracked or open, or well, if you have either kind of window, if you have any kind of cracks in there, we have this trough full of water, right? So we don't want it leaking into the framing. So put a little sealant on there, probably won't have to do that. But as far as cleaning out your window tracks, that's how you do it. Snap your, snap your uh, piece right back in. Snap, snap. Put your window back in. I'm all done, and I don't have a tray of yucky stuff in there. So it'll all get cleaned out, and your windows will work better. They'll be happy. So that's how we take care of weep holes. There we go. There we go. Deck drainage. Okay, we're going to talk about decks. Here's here's somebody sent us some deck pictures. Hey, gents, we have a deck that the tenant is looking to get replaced. Attached our pictures of the current deck. There's currently no drainage system on the deck. Huh. Okay. The tenant would either like get a replacement of the current deck with a similar deck, but the ability to drain, or he would like a deck board type deck replacement. So I'm assuming that means like, think two by fours, flow through, we'll call that. The issue being in that setup, Water would run into the deck, into the trusses that run into the house. Don't want to do that. So is this something you'd have someone look at or could you suggest an option which makes more sense from the photos? Please let me know any questions. Thanks. So in there, this is their email. They're sending us pictures. So again, this is what you can do. This is how you send in these photos for this Q&A and also how you send them for a consult call. So send the photos, tell us what you're talking about and we'll go from there. So here's the deck. Here's solid deck railing, solid deck railing. I'm looking around the perimeter of the deck. I see no deck drainage. I would expect to see what's called scuppers. They're a flow through hole that any water gets on this deck, it can run out. Um, so probably doesn't get a whole ton of water, but in wind-driven rain, it'll get wet. I'll be hosing it off. I want to clean it up. So right now I bet you the water leaks into the deck framing system and it gets nasty. So I have to blow off my screen because all these little white vinyl pieces fell out of my brand new window thing. So the window construction will leave debris in there too. That's interesting. So anyway, back to decks. Okay. Next picture. Here's more deck wall with no scuppers. Oh, look at the bottom of his deck already. I wonder if that's the deck above starting to drip through. So a couple things I'm noticing here. Uh, concrete deck surface, great in the mid 70s, early 80s. 
what they would do is, is uh, you can see here, they'd build a wood frame deck, plywood. They just put a layer of building paper and put some concrete on it and call it a day. Well, that, as you can imagine, led to water intrusion everywhere. The wear a durable deck surface, very wearable, very durable. The barbecue moving around didn't cut it. The, uh, you know, whatever is very durable, but not watertight. And so let's get the water off that deck um, because this is the neighbor above. I don't want them dripping on me either in a flow through pass through deck. So I would just add some, add some uh, drainage drainage holes, some scuppers. So here's what scuppers are. So here's a couple of people building, rebuilding the deck, but it's these square openings or, you know, round, or they can be elongated. Uh, these are through drains. So they're, this guy's waterproofing around his, coating everything. What's important to note is we want the entire deck to drain that way so that water goes out the hole and doesn't pond over here and and now I got a big puddle, but I don't know how this guy's deck is draining, right? There's, there's, it's going to, well, it's probably, that looks like maybe there's been a rug on here or something, but uh, looks like some standing water in the corner and yeah, let's just install, pull off the bottom two or three rows of siding, cut it out, flash the opening real well, get it, get it watertight, but uh, let that water off the deck and uh, figure out a way to do that. You could even coat this uh, concrete deck surface as well, get some water going. Uh, in the ultimate fix though, I'd rather rather get a door pan in there. I'd rather have a waterproof coating that had a good uh, drainage system to it. Um, solid railings are nice. They hide the clutter that's often on decks, but uh, you know, nice uh, picket rails or glass rails let water flow off it too. So something to think about as you redesign your decks. All right. Home inspectors. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So what are home inspectors allowed to do and how can you make sure you find damage before buying a home? And this question comes from our TikTok video. So uh, we went viral in this video, 25 million views. And so go over to TikTok, follow J2 Building Consultants, and you'll see lots of action, little videos, and all sorts of things there. But that's where this is coming from. In the TikTok channel, we got a lot of, hey, I'm sure glad this building inspector is catching all this stuff. Uh, I want to hire him for my next home inspection. Okay. Well, there was misleading information there, I guess. We weren't doing a home inspection. We were doing what's called a invasive inspection, where we actually pull off siding and uh, show what's going on underneath. And so <clears throat> what, are the, what are home inspectors allowed to do? Here's the question. Home inspectors, like any other professionals, they are held to some type of standard or they have some type of uh, protocol of what they do. Most of that comes from their credentialing agency or body. So uh, when you talk to your home inspector, they'll say, I'm a certified home inspector per... Uh, NACHI is one of them, American Home Inspectors Association, AMA or whatever is another one. And so they'll have some type of credential. And then so that credentialing agency will say, here is the inspection uh, standard we inspect to. But all of them may be a little bit different or a little bit better than the other guy. But 
almost all of them are 100% visual only, meaning if they walk through the home and there's a back to our oriental rug on top of the carpet, they're not there to pull the rug back and look underneath it to see the hole in the floor. So they will not catch the hole in the floor. If there's a couch pushed up against the hole in the wall, uh, they're not there to pull the couch away and look. They're taking a visual observation, very lightweight. They're going to you know, plug some things in and run some fixtures and jump on your roof and look around. But uh, as you can imagine, you know, it's, it's quick, it's inexpensive to keep these in the $700 you know, home inspection price range. Uh, they have to be fast and visual only. And that's, that's actually kind of a two-part thing. So the, you know, the buyer doesn't want to pay too much. The seller of the home doesn't want every buyer to bring through an inspector that tears siding off their house and then tells them, hey, by the way, you've got a bunch of damage in this photo that uh, you have to now disclose to your next buyer. And so the, uh, it's kind of a two-way street. Sometimes it feels like, you know, it feels like the uh, home inspection process is kind of rigged against you, but uh, uh, it is what it is. And so here I'm able to pull siding off. Pull, I mean, the paper is gone. The sheathing is gone. The insulation is gone. I'm pulling out chunks of framing with my hands. And so um, this was a really bad area. But this, this is why you would want to do a visual inspection. Or I'm sorry, an invasive inspection. And <clears throat> Go check out the last, let's see, a couple of couple of webinars ago, we had Monica, the real estate agent on, and she was talking about how she helps protect her clients by, you know, maybe recommending a little bit more of an, of an inspection and most purchase and sale agreements have that language in them. They say, do your inspection. If you have any questions, you want to come back and do more inspection, let us know. That, of course, you know, the seller says, I've got 27 other buyers in this market. Why would I let you do more inspections? So anyway, in this market, a little tough, but uh, go watch her uh, portion of the, uh, I think it was two episodes ago, and she can help you through that. So home inspectors, visual only, how do you make sure you find the damage before buying a house? Uh, it's kind of rigged against you because they don't want you pulling off the siding. And so it's really tough to find the damage if you can't do an invasive opening. So yeah, tough. Uh, hire a consultant like J2, we'll do a invasive inspection. All right, clarity call. These are my secret built-in water breaks. So not so secret anymore, but if you have one of those scanners, just like your restaurant menus nowadays, you just take a picture of that and this will all set you up. But if you want to talk one-on-one -on -one to me, free conversation, 15 minutes, get some specific advice for your building, do it, set it up. This takes you right to the scheduling program. You can find out that Thursday at 1015 works for me and you can book that time just like booking your dentist appointment these days. So let's get on a call. Let's talk about it. We'll see if we're the right fit for you. We'll see if you know that's even what we do. Uh, maybe <clears throat> it's not what we do and we can recommend you to a better you know, company that's more specific in what you need. Uh, but uh, let's get on a call and we'll go from there. So, all right, question number five. How we did, oh, we're a half hour in. Question number five, here's, <clears throat> here's a good question from somebody. This is their four-year-old house. It's beautiful. I'm trying to guess where they're from. 
they have what I think is snow skids on the bottom of there to keep the snow from coming off. But uh, gorgeous house, gorgeous lawn. So I'd appreciate opinions on what to do with this failing siding. Builder won't do anything. Uh, replace rotting pieces and hope no damage is underneath. You know, um, that's kind of their question, I think, of what they should do. Uh, they also say they also never sealed or painted properly, which has caused the paint to peel and cement board to absorb water, et cetera. So uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but uh, yeah, that stuff is out there. We'll talk about that. So trim, lots of trim pieces. It looks like window trim. You can see it's swelling up. You can see the uh, delaminating layers. That doesn't even look like exterior trim. It looks like interior trim, uh, MDF or MDO. It's just, it just touches water and it swells up. Um, so it's not an exterior grade trim. You can see the sealant already cracking, paint peeling off. Uh, I see you have no head flashings over your horizontal trim components. Uh, that's not per code. You have a little bit of flashing there over your window. Maybe, maybe not integrated right. You got some chipping away, belly band. You're kind of close to the dirt. You need to be six inches away. Um, let's see, more swelling and rotten trim, more peeling paint and swelling stuff. But uh, here's, here's a couple of, couple of answers for you. So I'm four years old. Is there anything I can do? Call your, uh, construction attorney, but if you're in an HOA, maybe they have an HOA attorney. Maybe there's other people in your community or HOA that, that have similar problems and, and several of you can get together. Uh, where are you located? So the, the, every state has different rules and, uh, you're not a condo, so you don't have a condominium act, but be sure to Google condominium act in your state if you're living in a condo. Uh, but with you, I would, you, I know in uh, the states we work in, there's also statutes of, uh, you know, statutes of, well, now see, I'm not a lawyer, I want to stay in my lane. So <clears throat> constructability statutes. So they say, you get up to six years in Washington if your defect leads to damage. So we're not going to pay you just for defect work, but if your defect causes damage, and in your case, your damage is your, is your uh, damaged water damage trim that's swelling and tearing apart and falling off the building, et cetera. So a quick call to uh, a construction attorney can help you with that. Um, but where I, would, where I would start if we were engaged by you is I would say, let's do a small investigation. We know some of this trim is bad anyway. Let's pull off some trim and let's see if the siding's bad. If the siding's bad, let's pull off the siding and see if the weather-resisted barrier, the WRB is installed properly. Uh, let's get into the trim a little bit more. You know, Let's kind of peel the layers of the onion, take it slowly, but maybe it's just bad trim. If it's just bad trim or bad select trim, just the horizontal trim or just the window trim, it looks like you have board and batten. Uh, that is all this vertical stuff. And it looks like the vertical is actually real wood or you know fake wood, uh, as opposed to some hardy uh, panel, it looks like it's being used. And then some press board product, you can't kind of a blend of different things. Maybe not all the trim is bad. So maybe it's just a trim job, um, but 
I'd, I'd start with that, do a little bit more invasive openings. So I'd start pulling some trim off. Let's see if the water is getting underneath everything. And if it's not, you can just replace the damaged trim, put it back together, paint it, and, uh, you know, cross your fingers. Uh, if all of it is bad, then we just kind of kind of keep going and going and going and, and you'll find out about it. But here's a good, you know, a home inspector, you know, oh, I'm just going to sell it. I'm going to skip it. I'm not going to deal with it. Well, the next home inspector is going to see all this and say, oh, all the trim's bad. So you have a problem. You need to deal with it. Uh, you know, take it, take it in steps and uh, good luck to you on that. But yeah, that's frustrating. Uh, and this also gets, okay, I'll put in a reminder. Um, when you're working with contractors, make sure that the plans, they have a set of plans, they have a set of specifications. So the specification is, think of it like an instruction manual or a rule book, or here's the cookbook, here's the recipe. And so I want you to use this type of trim. I want you to use this type of sealant. I want you to use this product, this paint color, this tile, this flooring, et cetera. You pick all that stuff out. You tie that to the contract. Thou shalt use good trim or, you know, cedar or wood or Azec or Hardy or some of these more uh, water resistant trims. So when they do put on the cheap stuff and it falls off, you'll say, I have a contract claim now. You didn't do what you said you'd do. And so um, I see, unfortunately, I see so many homeowners have a handshake with the contractor on the tailgate of the pickup truck. And he, you know, the contractor just said he'd take care of it. And I don't have, you know, where's your, where's your contract? Uh, I don't have one. Where's your plans and specs? We don't have any. So contractor can do whatever they want to do if they're unscrupulous. Right. So uh, the value of a good contractor, the value of good recommendations and referrals, the value of having a consultant prepare a set of plans and specs, oversee the work. If we saw the stuff going on during construction, we'd just call a timeout and say, Don't, no, stop. Don't put that on. It's not it's going to fall off. So that's part of our quality control or quality, uh, not quality control, but but quality assessment, contract administration work. Just make sure they're not putting it back together improperly. So, all right, next question. Invasive inspection. This was an interesting one. Okay, uh, we had an invasive inspection and our contractor didn't invite our consultant. The contractor found damage and the property manager told them to repair and replace it. Uh, assuming before the consultant could ever see it. So should we be concerned that our consultant missed this inspection? Yes. Yes, as a consultant, I'd be, I'd be frustrated. I'd be like, guys, come on. We're a four-legged stool here. Owner, contractor, consultant, manager. We all need to work well together. If we miss a leg of the stool, the stool tips over. So uh, you guys went out and did an investigation without the consultant documenting anything. Uh, I don't have any data. So we need to do it again. So now you're paying for two inspections. So let's have a pre-inspection meeting. Let's get everybody on the phones, get everybody on email. Hey, I'm coming out next week. Is that still good? Yep. Hey, inspections change. Somebody gets COVID. We got a delay, whatever. But it's called basic project management. So consultants and contractors are usually project management is part of our job. Uh, attorneys, mm, not so much. 
So who's coordinating this? Are they paying attention to everybody's schedule? And do they, you know, <clears throat> here's, here's some example photos from the previous job. Uh, the opening revealed some damage there and now it's buttoned all back up and repaired and we don't see it anymore. So what are we supposed to do about it? So uh, yes, I would be concerned, but hey, bottom line, you know what? Ask your contractor for photos and perhaps, you know, videos. Everybody carries one of these in their pocket these days. So it's like, look, everybody has a camera and a video Zoom call in their pocket. And so if that were to happen and the contractor starting and found out the consultant couldn't come, I would say, hey, can you get on Zoom right now? Let me show you these openings. Let me walk you through these openings right now. So it's as if you were here. So it's virtual is better than nothing. So remember, we can use that stuff. and You can use this in your consult call. Give me on FaceTime, set up a Zoom call with me, and let's, Jens, I want to show you something, 15 minutes, it's free, I'm going to take, take, walk you through my building, right? Okay, cool. So video, photos, being able to walk through that really helps a lot, but you guys aren't on the same team if uh, you're doing things and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. So slow down, get on, get on the same team. All right, pressure washing, here's, <laughs> here's a good one. I pressure washed vinyl siding on one side of my home and it seemed to be taking a lot longer than it should. Uh, maybe it was a little bit grimier and dirtier over there. And so now I'm doing some research and found that I should not have pressure washed at all. Okay, I'm very worried that I got water behind her siding. Is there any way for me to check behind the siding to ensure I haven't damaged anything? Yes, okay, so let me unpack some of these things. Getting water behind your siding isn't the end of the world. That's why we have building paper back there now. Uh, there's pressure washers and there's pressure washers. So the little electric, those things are 500 PSI or whatever. The gigantic gas operated super monsters are 5,000 PSI. And so we can, you know, think of a laser cutting water jet that cuts steel. Um, so the manufacturers got in a pretty good habit of just saying, don't pressure wash my product because somebody is going to be using a 5,000 PSI pressure washer and rip my product right off the wall. Uh, if, you know, you did it very gently, uh, you hopefully didn't cause any damage. So things taking a little longer. Most of these vinyl siding, pretty durable. They say soap and water and a brush, scrub, 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 hose it down, light pressure wash. I, you probably be okay, but yeah, nobody likes... Nobody likes pressure washers. Manufacturers don't like pressure washers, so shouldn't do that. Is there a way for me to check behind the siding? Yes, vinyl siding is super easy to pop off. And as a matter of fact, yes, we have a video about that. So let's take a peek. Opening up vinyl siding. We can do it. I know we can. You can tell it's vinyl siding because it it flexes and you can see the seams at the ends of the pieces, they kind of clap. One of the problems of vinyl siding is it'll come detached. The pieces interlock on the bottom and so if the wind or something, they'll tend to detach there. You can actually peel the siding back and then the bottom of it clips into this clip. Okay, perfect. I, I, I wonder if the audio was loud enough for you, but you'll look for this, you'll look for this end joint. 
you'll see the you'll see a seam there. Go ahead and put your hand inside the end joint and kind of pull down. You've got a you've got a clasp, so you kind of pull down and pop it out, and then it comes out like that. And then when you put it back, kind of whack that bottom part, and you'll hear it snap in. It's actually kind of a snap and click system. And so be careful uh, if your if your siding's old and brittle and UV damaged anyway, it'll probably start breaking on you. But but most of the time you can you can probably pull it back a little bit and see if you did anything under there. You'll see building paper. You might need to pull off a little bit to kind of check behind a seam of that and see if you injected a bunch of water there. Hopefully you didn't. Hopefully your building paper looks good back there and it deflected the water. Uh, if you didn't have any building paper to begin with, uh, you're going to have water damage under it, whether you pressure washed or not. So let's just hope that you had it done well. So you'll be okay. Light, light pressure. It's like anything. Scrub hard and you'll rip it off. And so that's why they do that. You can All right. Let me, we're pushing up on, oh, no, we're good. 45 minutes. Okay, last question for the questions submitted. I'm pretty sure there is construction defect on my building. My roof has been giving us problems no matter how many times we repair it. Oh, there's that question or there's that statement again, no matter how many times we repair it. So throwing good money after bad. And I come to find out that all of the condos in my area were built by the same contractor. I bet they were all built the same as ours. Who knows? What, what should I do to get my board involved? And can we bring it up with the contractor if our building is eight years old? So that eight year, that timing question again, where do you live? Uh, you're in a condo, so you'll have a condo act. In Washington, we've got a four-year statute. In Oregon, we've got a 10-year statute. In Salt Lake, they have a statute, but they don't abide by it. And I'm slightly kidding, but <clears throat> it's talk to your HOA attorney and say, what's going on? Here's how old I am. I think I have defects. Uh, let's do an investigation and find out. Uh, but I, I have something wrong with it because I keep trying to fix it. And every time I fix it, it just keeps leaking. And so that's, if you're defectively built, no matter how many band-aids you put on it, it won't solve the problem. So let's do it once, get it done right, have a nice warranty, have a nice, have a nice uh, lifespan there. So uh, getting the board involved whoo, is what we're trying to do here with these free, free webinars. But we actually offer some board coaching. And some of this coaching is like anything. It's it's visioning. How do you how do you picture your community? Do you want it full of renters? Do you want it full of owners? Do you want a new building that shines? Do you want just a budget based building that you know it, it pays the bills and that's fine? We're economical, you know. So we've got visioning. We've got realigning. You know, maybe there's new board members. Maybe there's a you know there's two opposing arguing sides on the board. So we got to hear each other out. Uh, general education is what we're doing. And we can we can work with you to, you know, hey, let's walk through your bylaws. Let's see who really owns the windows. Let's have some homework here. And, you know, should we be making people pay for their windows or should we get some, you know, homeowners advice? Can we borrow money? Can we get a loan to do some of this work? And so we will walk you through some of that. And and sometimes it, you know, coaching involves accountability. Did you do your homework? Are you doing what I asked you to do? Are you doing the things you know you need to do? And, you know, we can talk to you one time or we can talk to you weekly or monthly. So check it out. Stay tuned and 
but bottom line, take a look at our resource center for the initial stuff. So if you have a new board, arguing board, let's, we can help you. We can't make board members do anything, but we can start this process and start talking about things. So how can you get your board involved? Send them our link of this stuff and send them to the resource center or take them through it and volunteer to get on the board. That's how you can help your board. Okay. Clarity call, water break. All right. Are you guys enjoying this so far? Give me, give me some thumbs up. I see 13 of you on there. I see some questions and Q&A. And I see a raised hand. We'll get to that raised hand in the Q&A there. And Q&A. All right. Let's jump into that. Okay. We're going into Q&A. Okay. So Joe has a question here. <clears throat> on the deck replacement, if one were to use Trex to replace all of the plywood or cement floor, would you have to be worried about the difference of extra weight, the Trex board versus what was there before? Yes, you do. Um, so <clears throat> let's see, let me answer, let me figure out your question here again. If we use Trex to replace the plywood cement. Well, I, if I'm taking off the cement, your cement's heavier than the tracks. Um, if I'm overlaying the cement with tracks, that's where I said, you know, so we, <clears throat> we recently looked at a series of decks where some people pulled off all the old rotten boards and put new tracks on and other people just put tracks over the rotten boards. So we left we're now an inch higher and we have double the weight and things like that. So that's what an engineer could be looking at for you. Uh, it's called dead load, dead load, live load. So how much load can I have on this deck? My dead load is all the construction components, all the, the grand piano or the hot tub that's sitting out there. The live load is how many people are going are expected to be on my deck uh, or that I could fit for a party in the hot tub. And so that's why you have deck restraints in a lot of uh, condominium bylaws and things like that. So we can take a quick calc. If you're totally removing things, putting treks on probably won't be a problem. Uh, yeah, Joe said that's what I'm needing. Didn't love it. Yep, any engineer can do that. We can help you with that. Uh, Brooke can get your information. Somebody had their hand up. I believe Rubio had his hand up. Great. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, Robin, for the thumbs up. She didn't have a question. She just had a thumbs up. Excellent. Okay. That's good questions. I'm glad some of that, some of those deck photos. And that's that's where I'm encouraging people submit your photos because somebody else in the audience probably has a question along what you're asking about. And just because it isn't your deck, we'll we'll cover it. So uh, let's. We've got a little bit of time, so I'm going to take you through a little bit of a test drive here, and I'll answer my or I'll ask my own questions and show and tell with our resource center. But first, the giveaway. Ding, 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 ding. So this month, we want you to inspect your building. So we're going to give you our inspection guide, which I'll take you through there. But it's summertime. So we want you to put on some sunscreen. Don't be burned by building damage. We want you to make your favorite beverage, whether it's water or any beverage of your choice, and some J2 coffee or uh, container mugs. We're gonna give you a pair of J2 sunglasses to uh, look around, look cool in. We're gonna give you a measuring tape to measure, measure necessary things. And we'll give you your own pen probe tool to stab it into the rot and uh, also take notes about it. So 
Uh, I am going to pick number eight. Number eight wins the giveaway. So Brooke will reach out to number eight and we see your participation, you know, lines one through one through eight there, one through uh, 11 on. Uh, so you'll get that, stay tuned for that. Give her your mailing information, she'll mail it in. Now, here's what this inspection maintenance guideline is. It's, uh, it gives you a side view of your building and shows what you need to be inspecting. So in this particular building, it's multi-story, it has parking garages underneath but planters and things like that. So it takes you through what we want to inspect, but it also gives you a maintenance checklist and it here's, here's the actual form, but then here's it filled out. And so here's what we mean. Roof, we want you to inspect it and we want you to clean it in the spring and the fall. And then annually, we want you to reseal penetrations. We want you to take off any moss. We want you to do this stuff. We can give you expected life cycles. This is actually really cool. So it gives you a maintenance schedule that you can work with, with your reserve specialist, and you can kind of walk around, inspect your building. You can fill out what's going on with your building. Is it, was it inspected? Was it clean? Does it need work, et cetera? And start keep keeping your thing going. And so then the manager piece, did you know we have free resources for boards and managers? So this is the education center. So are you a new board? Are you, do you just have new board members? Tell them to go watch some videos. Tell them to look at some of these handouts and PDFs and things like that. How about being a brand new manager? We'll get it from some new managers too of how do I get up to speed? Hey, take a look at what we got going on here. So when you're on our main website page, you'll jump over to resources and drop down and you'll see video resources or board training resources. And so we've, we've assembled a big list of videos, uh, all sorts of blog posts, all sorts of things that you can go through, spring maintenance, maintenance checklist, all sorts of things, you know, 16 reasons to make your repairs all at once. A lot of people ask us, can I repair one building at a time over five years? Uh, let, me, let me give you that list. Let me talk to you why, you know, you reserve study or inspection, but stay tuned for next month and you'll hear from a reserve study specialist. So reserve studies, really cool, all free, go check it out. Uh, it'll, it'll help. It'll help with these new board members. And as we're wrapping up, you know, don't forget, we'll be back next month, last Tuesday of every month. Invite your friends, scan this in here, sign up for our mailing list and you'll get this. So bottom line, thanks for attending everybody. Schedule that call, talk to us. Hope you found something useful in this show. Thanks for watching.